Hello there, top teachers. This is Michelle popping in real fast for a quick disclaimer. I recently got a new computer, and when I hooked up my podcast equipment for the recording of this episode, I forgot to switch it over to my microphone. So you are going to hear Bridget's beautiful, crystal clear voice, and then you're going to hear mine where it kind of sounds like I'm underwater. I apologize. Totally my fault. Don't blame Bridget. But I truly hope that you will enjoy listening to this episode anyway, because we do share some wonderful nuggets. And just another quick disclaimer, you are going to hear us refer to our digital planners. We do want to make it clear that the 2021 school year digital planners, so the July to June, they will no longer be available after Thanksgiving, which is Thursday, November 25th. That will be the last day to purchase the school year digital planners until next year. So keep that in mind. I really hope you enjoy this episode, despite my voice sounding awful, but we appreciate you as always. Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. If you haven't figured it out, November is Digital Planning Month. That's not a real thing. Don't Google it. But it it is for us. It should be. (laughs) We are focusing on digital planning and how it can make your life easier as a teacher. So in today's episode, we will be sharing four steps to help you choose the perfect digital planner for you. But before we jump into those four steps, let's hear a TSH from Shannon. She says, hi ladies, I love your show. With the way my schedule falls this year, my prep is the last 45 minutes of the day. Girl, me too, it's so great. (laughs) At this point, I've taught five classes and had a team meeting. I am usually exhausted and burnt out by the time my prep comes around and I can't seem to get anything done. Any tips on staying motivated until the bell? Thank you. (laughs) All right, Shannon, I think there are two main steps you can take here to kind of keep yourself motivated. Number one, you need to make sure you have a plan for your planning time. (laughs) It sounds silly, but it makes a huge difference. Bridget and I recommend using a power list because it will limit the amount you're trying to get done. A power list is just three things you want to get done for that day or for that planning period. You can create your power list first thing in the morning or even at the start of your planning time. That option's probably not the most efficient. but if it works for you, go for it. You also can do it the night before, like as you're getting into bed at night, you can come up with your power list for the next day. And then number two, you need to have something pushing you to get your work done, right? Like that's where the motivation comes from. So maybe you wanna get home and watch Netflix, or maybe you wanna go to your kid's soccer practice, or maybe you wanna go to the gym. You need to have something pushing you so that you get the work done during your planning time and it doesn't run over into your personal life. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And Shannon, I would say that I totally understand where you're coming from because my planning period is also at the last 45 minutes of the day and it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time. So here's the first thing that I feel like you need to consider. You have to determine what is your why. For me, I know that I wanna leave at the end of the day and this really is a huge motivator for me because I also know that I wanna leave everything ready for the next day because I don't like coming in stressed and feeling like I'm trying to pull everything together. So 
one, knowing my why and knowing that I want to leave and also come in and feel prepared helps to limit my stress. um, And it makes me feel as though that I'm ready for the day. So because of my why, I realize that I have to build those effective habits to really help me achieve this. And please know that this does take time and it is hard. Like it's not easy to build a habit. So you have to really push yourself and challenge yourself and pick yourself up off the ground when you feel like you cannot go any further because we have all definitely been there. Habits are not gonna be something that you built um, in a week. This is gonna take months of dedication and practice. So hang in there, you know, come up with those ideal, you know, power list or those routines and the procedures that you just need to get done so that you feel ready to go for the next day. Bridget, you know what that made me think of? The whole quote about like choosing your hard. And it's like, yeah, it's hard to stay motivated throughout the day and actually be productive during your planning time. But it's also hard to not get the work done and have to do it at home, right? So like choose your hard. (laughs) Yeah, so true. Okay, let's talk about digital planners just in general. The truth is most digital planners are created for regular folks, okay? Not (laughs) teachers. (laughs) It's just like if you go to the store, let's just say Target, and you buy a regular paper planner It isn't going to work for you as a teacher because you're not gonna have the right layout for lesson plans and other information you need to store like student info, login information, et cetera. If you go onto Etsy or other marketplaces and you buy just a general digital planner, you will find that they aren't made with teachers in mind unless it is specifically a digital teacher planner. Yeah, when I first started looking into transitioning from paper to digital to digital planning, there were no teachers creating digital planners at that time on TPT. So I went to Etsy and having people who like make planners for a living try and create a digital planner for a teacher it, y'all, it was like horrible. It was a complete bust. They did not have what I needed. They didn't know what I needed as a teacher because they weren't teachers. And so I was really, really struggling at the very beginning of this entire digital planning journey. And after many, 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 many purchases, <laughs> So sorry, husband. (laughs) I finally said, you know what? I'm just going to try to create my own. Um, And that is kind of where we are today. So are you saying you were like the OG of digital teacher planners? I mean, can I say that? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to share four steps that will help you find the perfect digital planner for your needs. Now, that hopefully is our digital planner because we really have taken so many years of experience as classroom teachers, as product creators, and like combined it into what we believe is that perfect planner. But ultimately, like you have to find what works for your needs and our planner might not be that. So no hard feelings, it's okay. But hopefully these steps will help you at least make that transition from paper planning to digital planning because if you haven't listened to our last episode, 097, we shared seven benefits of digital planning and it truly can make your life so much easier. And we hope that these steps will kind of ease you into that digital planning process by having the perfect digital planner. Yeah, and I will just say really quick that this planner that we have created, it has evolved over five years. Yeah. 
it has been around for five years and it's really evolved. So we know for a fact that it's something, it's not something that's brand new that we feel are going to be missing little pieces here and there. It's something that has taken so much time to really build and be truly perfect. Our um, baby's growing up. No big deal. <laughs> I know it's so fun. So let's talk about the first step to choosing the perfect digital planner. So the first thing you need to do is to determine and choose your your platform. It's important to start considering how you are going to be planning or how you're planning, excuse me, on using your digital planner. Lots of planning words in there. <laughs> but there are, of course, like two of the most popular types that we're going to talk about. One is going to be Google Slides and the second one is going to be a tablet. Now, for those of you who don't quite understand what the tablet version is, is, let us break it down for you. Um, and we're going to give you kind of some ideas on just how tablet and Google sites are going to be really different. So your first step is important because you really need to decide if you're wanting to focus primarily on the computer or tablet, which could be like an iPad, right? So now if you do not have a tablet and you do not plan on purchasing one, then I feel like this is going to make this a no brainer for you all. <laughs> Yeah. So we're just going to hit like some bullet points for the Google Slides and the tablet version so that you can hopefully narrow down which one is a better fit for you. So Google Slides, it can be accessed using any computer, but you have to have internet access unless you choose to work offline. We do talk all about how to use Google Slides in episode 091, Google Slides, the what, why, and how for teachers. So if you're interested, make sure you go up, go back and check that episode. Google Slides does not allow for handwritten lessons. It's going to be all typing. Google Slides can easily be shared with a team teacher using the share function. And Google Slides can be more universal, meaning if you're using PC versus Mac. Let's say you have an Apple computer at home, that would be a Mac, and you have a PC at school, you may want to consider using Google Slides because it's gonna be a little bit more versatile between those two different computers. Yeah, so now let's talk about tablet. So a tablet is an example of a, an iPad, right? So you could say an iPad, or I think tablets are, are more so of those like PC versions, like Samsung, I think has one. There are other versions that are out there. Um, it's important that before you decide like tablet is the one that you want to go with, I would really consider the type of tablet that you have. The older the device, the harder it's going to be to ensure that everything functions correctly because let's just be honest, as soon as you have like a really old iPad, it's going to slow down. It's going to require, um, you know, a higher level of the software that you have. So when you have to download new updates and stuff like that, sometimes things just don't function as great, um, especially when you're looking at apps because you do have to have a PDF annotation app for your tablet, uh, you know, version for your digital planner. So for Apple users, this can be Notability or it can be GoodNotes and we highly recommend GoodNotes. You do have to pay a one-time fee, but guys, I would not be sitting here telling you that it wasn't worth it if I did not believe it wholeheartedly. It has been the best PDF annotation app out there and we highly recommend using it for Apple. Android users, this is gonna be challenging because we have tried looking into really good PDF annotation apps for you, but unfortunately the selection is just not as great as Apple. Um, so if you are somebody that does not have an iPad and you have a different type of tablet, 
Um, I'm honestly, I personally would choose to go Google Slides. I mean, what do you think, Michelle? Is that too much to say that? Like, no, I think that's a good point. And I would just add on to it that if this is all brand new to you, I think Google Slides is going to be a um, easier learning curve than learning the annotation app and using a tablet version. So if you're like beginner, beginner, I would go Google Slides. I just think it might be a little bit easier to learn. Um, So Bridget mentioned like the actual device obviously needs to be taken into consideration, but so does the way you're going to actually plan, meaning you may prefer handwriting your plans or you might prefer typing or vice versa, obviously. So if you prefer handwriting, you got to use tablet because you can't use Google Slides. But if you prefer typed, you could choose either option because you can type on Google Slides or tablet. And the final point to consider, if you are a diehard Apple user, you have the ability to use iCloud and then you can download like those apps on all of your devices. So for example, if you're using the tablet version and you have GoodNotes on your iPad, you can download GoodNotes on your computer, like your Mac or your mm-hmm. MacBook. And then you can actually use your planner through iCloud on both devices, which is really, really nice. Um, Or a laptop. It doesn't have to be like a desktop computer. Yeah. So if you're somebody who's sitting here and saying, I still don't know which one I want to do, we have something that's going to really help you. Uh, We have both a Google Slides and a tablet version for you to try out. And we highly recommend that you go and try these out before you commit to buying one. Head over to www.teachingonthedouble.com forward slash free dash planners. And that will allow you to be able to download each version and then try it out for about a week or maybe two weeks before you kind of decide which one is best for you. Yeah, and just keep in mind, the free planner does not include nearly as much as the paid planner. So don't download the free one and go, oh, well, I'm not paying the money for this. The free one is not dated, and a lot of the templates and checklists are not included in it. So it's like a very mini version of the actual paid planner. Right. Okay, so step one was to choose your platform. Step two is to choose the orientation. When most people think of orientation, they think of like the layout for their weekly planning pages. So whether the days are across the top or the days are down the side, but this is not the only orientation to think of. Orientation can also mean the layout of the entire planner. Bridget, do you wanna explain this a little bit more? Yeah, and so to really help you understand this better, Think about a Google slide when you open up a Google slide and a Google doc. So a Google slide is landscape style, meaning that it is wide and it's going to fill the entire screen. So if you go to, you know, open up the entire window and you have it fill up your entire screen of your computer, your Google doc or your Google slide is going to stretch from one side to the other. A Google doc is going to be long, it's vertical, and you have space on each side of the paper. So no matter if you fill your screen with that Google Doc, you're still going to see space on either side of that paper. So depending on the platform and how you plan on using your planner, you need to consider which version is better for you. So I personally like to use the vertical tablet uh, because I primarily use my tablet in a vertical view. So when I teach, I hold my, I have, 
which one do I have, Michelle? I have an iPad Pro. Yeah, um, it's one of the, the newer versions. Setup. I got the big, big iPad Pro, but it, guys, it's because I use it all the time. Yeah, you do. I grade on it. I do every. I teach on it. Like my anchor charts, all of the things are on it. So I primarily walk around with it in vertical view. So it's really nice for me to kind of have it filled up. So I'm not zooming in constantly. And when I have it sitting on my desk, I also like to keep it kind of vertical up and down versus long ways because I usually have my laptop and my iPad there and I'm kind of working on both. And so that's just my preference on how I use my iPad. Now, Michelle likes to use it as a landscape because she primarily likes to work on her laptop. It's just how she is, what she does. And so for her, having it be able to fill up the entire screen of her laptop is really beneficial and she's able to kind of see everything versus having to zoom in if she was using uh, the vertical version. Exactly. And people have different preferences. So you just have to figure out which way do you prefer to use your planner throughout the day? Do you wanna be able to hold it like more of a book kind of style or do you want it to be landscape so it fills up more of your screen if you're using like a laptop um, or even if you hold your tablet like on its side rather than up and down we do offer both orientations for both platforms <laughs> so we have google slides landscape google slides vertical tablet landscape tablet vertical I will say that is a very big upside of our planner because not many other like digital teacher planners have both orientation options. They usually have one and that's it. So we do like the fact that we have both options. Keep in mind those free planners, Bridget, from my memory, they're both landscape, correct? I think they're both landscape, yes. Yeah. So if you try the landscape and you're like, oh, this isn't quite working, then when you do purchase one, you would want to purchase a vertical one instead. Yeah. And I feel like just knowing most people will purchase the landscape. It, I think it's a very few number of people who actually enjoy the landscape or the vertical version like I do. Yeah. Although Bridget has bird. No, I, it's again, it's all personal preference. As we're saying this, though, I just realized we don't call it vertical in our store. We call it portrait. Ooh, portrait. Yeah. So, so landscape is like yeah. side to side and then portrait is up and down. So we Good don't call it vertical, <laughs> we call it portrait. <laughs> Why we didn't think about that at the time, I don't know. I don't know, but portrait does have a nice ring to it. It let's does, just be fair. it sounds fancy. <laughs> it does. Okay, so let's go back over the steps. So step one was to choose the platform. Step two was to choose the orientation. In step three, we're gonna talk about considering the versatility of the planner. So planners are all very unique when it comes to the layout, what's included inside of it. So I like to consider this the meat of how they are organized. Considering the versatility means thinking about how the planner will work with your lesson planning style and overall needs inside of a lesson planner. And. There are some questions you can kind of ask yourself to help you figure out, like, does it have what I need? So the first one would be, how are the weekly planning pages laid out? Is there enough space for my plans? And can I customize the page? So here's an example of that. Our weekly planning pages are very simple on purpose. The columns are blank, so you can divide them or add digital stickers in a way that fits your needs. 
keep in mind some planners already have like set boxes that wouldn't be as customizable. Whereas our columns that are blank allow you to maybe have like a big space for math and maybe a smaller space for science. Yeah, and everybody has a different amount of blocks, right? Everybody's schedule yeah. is different. And so to order, in order to really fit the needs of so many people and so that you can customize that, we left that blank intentionally so that way you can make those changes as needed. So some other questions to really think about are going to be what templates are included in this? Um, can I store student info on this? Can I create checklists? Can I create log communications? Can I record grades? And so with our digital planner, it has templates that are linked to both the homepage. So for special dates, you can be able to get to it very quickly from the homepage, the class schedule, account info, student info, transportation information, um, which by the way, guys, this transportation transportation information. I'm going on a tangent real quick. It has saved my life this year because at the beginning of the year, I always log it. I don't necessarily, I'd never really used it afterwards after I logged it the first day. Uh, but this year they're allowing kids to go to the library because, you know, we're kind of in semi-COVID, but not, mm -hmm. co I don't know. It's all confusing this year, but some, the kids are now being able to go to the library based on their bus number. So like if you're bus 32, making this up right now, uh, you can go on Monday mornings. So oh, I need okay. to know which kids can go to the library. It is saving me this year, saving me. Um, but communication logs, meetings, professional development, project planning is a huge one. Grade books, student checklists. And guys, these are my favorite. These pre-made checklists I mm -hmm. had to, I normally uh, at this school that I'm at don't have to plan my parties because our parents typically do it, but uh, we don't have parent volunteers. So we were told this year, hey, you've got to plan your own party. And it's like, I haven't done this since kindergarten. <laughs> so it's saving me again this year. Um, yearly planning, quarterly planning, monthly planning, weekly planning, daily planning. I mean, if you need to plan in a certain way, I feel like we got you. <laughs> yeah. And I love like that daily planning planning page allows you to go into more detail. So if you're someone that needs more space and those typical weekly pages aren't going to work for you, you have the option to use those daily pages. And again, you can duplicate any of these templates and then insert them wherever you need within your planner. So let's review those steps again. Step one, you chose your platform, either Google Slides, tablet, what device you're using on, etc. Step two, you chose your orientation. So either portrait or landscape. Step three, you considered the versatility and what all is included in the planner. So now you are ready for step four. It's like party time. You get to consider the style. <laughs> one of the first things you will notice that make digital planners unique and different from one another is that overall style. Like from a visual standpoint, they look different. So you might like to think about it like your clothes, right? Everyone has a different style when it comes to clothes and we buy clothes that fit our style or we buy clothes and then make them their, our own by like adding patches or rolling up parts or having them hemmed. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that some of these like digital planners that have these specific things like the succulents and like the boho, they make me think of like specific types of clothes that come in and come in season and go out of season like the bubble shirt. 
sets. The ones that <laughs> I, looked like they were made for a doll and then somehow expanded oh to fit your body. <laughs> I don't understand how that was. I, I don't understand. But yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. They're great for that time, but it might be something that you look back on and you were like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Like, how in the world did I manage to buy that? Like, why would I, why was I using that? And then there are some digital planners that are very minimalist in their design, like our planner. And this really makes me think of maybe some of those staple pieces that are in those in your wardrobe, like the white t-shirt or the little black dress. And these will never go out of style and can easily be paired with articles of clothing that you might have for those uh, more themey or different types that, you, that the, the specific types that you would have. But you know what's interesting? And one of the things that I kind of thought about is that for for me, and I don't know, Michelle, you can kind of chime in and let me know your thoughts. For me, I feel want to feel as though the older that I've gotten, I want to be looked at as a professional. I want to be looked at somebody as like, I am a professional. I am a grown adult woman. I am old to this extent oh now, gosh. but I want to be seen that way. I don't want I think of my grandmother. I love my grandma, but I don't want to be seen as the older woman who has like the cute little teddy bears or the little succulents, or I don't want to be seen as that. I am a grown professional woman. And I think the per- the minimalist version that we have still has kind of the cute factor to it, but it's it looks professional. So I'm not embarrassed opening up my planner in front of my administration or parents, to say the least, you know what I mean? Yeah. To have that in view for other people to see. Like, I, I feel like a grown adult professional. And yeah. I don't think the other ones allow you to do that. Yeah, I will say our planner has a very, like, simple design. It's mostly black, white, and gray. And then there are a few pops of colors. And as Bridget mentioned, it's very professional. You're not going to get tired of the style from year to year. Plus our planner remains consistent year to year. So every year when you buy it, you know exactly what to expect. You don't have to like relearn the pages and how to use the planner. It's literally going to be the same. It's going to be consistent. And then thinking back to like that whole clothing analogy, with our digital planner being so simple, being like that staple white t-shirt or that little black dress, you can customize it using the digital stickers to kind of add like those themes. So if you really like the boho or the succulents or the teddy bears, you can add in digital stickers to kind of make it fit that theme. And to me, adding those digital stickers is almost like adding a jacket to your white t-shirt in order to kind of like fit that season Mm -hmm. of your life or to fit the trends. But those stickers are going to be a lot cheaper than like buying a planner and then you get halfway through the year and you're like, oh, I don't really like this anymore. And then you have to buy a whole new planner. I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) No, it does. It does totally make sense. So we're going to go through um, each of those steps again in detail. So step one was to choose the platform. Now we have two different free digital planners that you can try a Google Slides one and a tablet one to really help you decide on this. Head over to our store, teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store, and it's going to be right at the top for you to be able to select it. Step two is going to be choose the orientation. So this could be that it is a landscape or a per 
portrait, vertical portrait, same thing, guys. Um, and this is truly personal preference. We offer both orienta orientations for our digital planners for you to be able to consider. Uh, step three is to consider the versatility. So do the weekly pages offer enough customization to be able to fit your needs? Our weekly pages are truly left blank in those columns so that you can be able to make it fit for any needs that you may have. Step four is to consider the style. Do you want a specific theme or do you have a minimalist style or do you want to have the minimalist with little pops of color and little pops of themes as you go along? Our planners are very simple and can be customized with digital stickers. So if you are interested in grabbing one of our digital planners, you can head over to our website teachingonthedouble.com slash store. We do have the new 2022 January to December digital teacher planners being released on Friday, November 26th. That is Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, and they will be 20% off until December 12th. So that is the cheapest you will be able to grab them. And we also have a new planner that we'll be releasing on that same day that will help you organize a part of your life outside of the classroom. Stay tuned. We are going to be releasing the information in a future episode. Yeah. And also, while you are on our website, be sure to check out our TSH. We would love for you to submit your time-sucking hurdle to us so that you can be featured right here on the podcast. And also subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified every time we drop a new episode, which is on Thursday mornings. And please make sure to leave a review over on iTunes. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.